In the name of Jesus, who set you free, amen. In a little less than two weeks from today, many of you will be hosting barbecues, maybe enjoying a fireworks show or two, or going to a community parade or picnic, or maybe even decorating your houses out with the colors red, white, and blue. June is almost over, and 4th of July is right around the corner, ready or not. Although, to be honest, I'm still wondering where April and May went. They're kind of a blur for me. For many Americans, the 4th of July is a time for for family and friends to gather together. It's a time to eat lots of food together, to light things on fire together, and most of all, to celebrate. Now, for an outsider, all the the celebration and, and all the noise might seem a little bit over the top, a little bit excessive, but as Americans, we know why we throw such a big party every year. It's because of freedom. Freedom. That, that word that describes so many of the liberties that we enjoy in this country. Our freedom to worship God. Our freedom to, to assemble together. Our freedom of speech. Our, our freedom to live. And, and to enjoy the fruits of our labors. And, and so many other freedoms. Freedom is a word that in many ways it embodies our cultural ethos, and, and defines what it means to be an American. It's also the word that Paul uses in our text this morning. And in our text, Paul is writing to the church of Galatia about freedom. But it's freedom of a different kind. And he writes to them at a time when, when they needed to hear this word of liberation. You see, the, the church of Galatia had, had run into some pretty significant problems. It, it seems that there, there were many in the church of Galatia who had abandoned the gospel of Jesus Christ, who had abandoned this gospel and the freedom that they had been given, and instead had returned to the Jewish laws as a means of, of trying to save themselves, as, as a means of trying to justify themselves. And in doing so, They had once again become slaves to works of the law. Unfortunately, the problems for the Galatians didn't stop there. You see, not only does Paul address their fruitless attempts of of trying to save themselves through, through works of the law, Paul also addresses another type of bondage. The bondage of misusing freedom as an opportunity for the flesh. In other words, misusing freedom, abusing their freedom to to, to return to the sin that they had been called out of. To to return to the sin that they had been called out of. And in misusing their freedom in this way, they had once again become slaves. And here's where we find Paul writing to the church of Galatia about freedom. Now, as, as far as I can tell, I could be wrong, but as, as far as I could tell, most of us in the church today aren't really struggling with this issue of, of going back to Jewish laws as a means of, of trying to save ourselves. It, it doesn't seem like that's, that's a huge problem in our, our churches today. And so this morning, I'd like us to consider for a moment the second problem that Paul is getting at. This, this problem of, of misusing freedom as an opportunity 
to sin. When we examine our lives in light of the words of Paul, we begin to realize that in many ways we aren't so different than this first century church. As Christians in our world today, we we struggle with using our Christian freedom rightly. We, We struggle with using this Christian freedom properly. And to be honest, we often fail. We often use our Christian freedom as an opportunity to sin, as an opportunity to serve ourselves. And amidst this struggle, it doesn't really help that we live in a culture that both affirms and encourages a self-serving misuse of freedom. In 2017, rap star artist Pitbull released a song coincidentally titled Freedom in which he captures this point quite well. This is what he has to say. Now I'm free to do what I want and to have a good time. Now somebody, anybody, everybody say, I'm free to do what I want and to have a good time. Now somebody, anybody, everybody say, feel free. Do whatever you want, whenever you want, with whoever you want. Feel free. Who cares what they say? Just live your life because you don't live twice. Feel free. Have the time of our lives. Let's all get wild tonight. I'm free to do what I want and to have a good time. I'm free to do what I want and to have a good time. Whether Pitbull realizes it or not, his words are getting to the the very heart of this problem. The very heart of this problem of misusing freedom. Not only do we hear, although these words, I'm free to do what I want and have a good time, although they perpetuate our culture like the very air we breathe, they are also the very same words we hear coming out of our own hearts. I'm free to do what I want, and to have a good time. We often see freedom as as my right to do what I want and to have a good time regardless of whether that helps or hurts those around me. We often see freedom as as, as my freedom from responsibility of caring for others, My, my freedom from dealing with other people's problems, my freedom from concern about anybody else but me. We often live our lives in such a way where we might as well sing right along with Pitbull. I'm free to do what I want and to have a good time. And in doing so, in living our lives this way, we become slaves again to sin and our own selfishness. But in the midst of this world, in the midst of a world where we misuse and abuse our Christian freedom, where, where we return to the slavery of sin, where we hear these words, I'm free to do what I want and have a good time, coming out of our very own hearts, we hear the sound. We hear the sound of another word. We hear the sound of a word of hope and a word of liberation. We hear the sound of the words of Paul as he's writing to this little church in first century Galatia. 
who's struggling with this very same problem. When we stop for a moment and step back and consider what Paul says, it's, it's quite profound and honestly a little bit surprising what we find. You see, in dealing with this problem, Paul doesn't start by, by laying out a to-do list or giving them an action plan to somehow fix their foolish mistakes. Paul doesn't start by, by laying out a five-step program or, or telling them to, to revamp their church leadership. Paul begins, Paul begins by bringing them back to the reality of their identity. Paul begins by reminding them of who they already are in Jesus. For freedom, Christ has set us free. In other words, you are now free. He he reminds them that Christ has broken their bondage to sin. Christ has, has freed them from the slavery that they used to know. Christ has given them a new identity and called them to live out this true freedom. It's not freedom to do what they want. It's not freedom to to sin or to return to the slavery that they once knew. But it's freedom to live as God intended them to live. It's freedom to, to walk in step with the Spirit. To serve one another in love. Not because they're trying to earn something. Not because they're trying to win brownie points with God or something like that. No. But it's freedom that serves one another in love because of who they already are in Jesus. Because of who they already are in Jesus. And this freedom that Paul describes here is true freedom. This is true freedom. And this same true freedom that was declared to the Galatian Christians is declared to us today. In the name of Jesus, you are now free. We are free because in baptism, Christ has broken our bondage to sin and made us children of God. We are no longer slaves, but sons and daughters set free by Christ. We are free from slavery. It's not a freedom to return back to that slavery, but it's freedom to live under Christ and to belong to Him. It's freedom to be the creatures that God has created us to be. To live as God intended us to live. To walk in step with the Spirit. To once again walk with God. And to serve one another in love because of who we already are in Jesus. We serve one another in love because of who we already are in Jesus. So what does this look like in our world? In a, in a world that, that, that desires to simply serve itself, what does true Christian freedom, living out this true Christian freedom, actually look like in everyday life? Well, I believe one way, one way that we can catch a glimpse, catch a glimpse of this freedom, is when we see the people of God set free by Christ, living out in the vocations that God has placed them. Serving and loving those that God has placed in their path. One example of this that I witnessed in my own life is is when I saw how my mom responded to a situation that happened to her around 10 years ago or so. 
My mom, Karen, was in her early 50s at the time. She had half of her six children at home and, and half of them in college, with both her parents living. She was in what many would call the sandwich generation, the generation sandwiched between parents and kids. And on a September day in 2010, something happened that ultimately turned her world upside down and changed the next half decade of her life. You see, my mom's mom, my grandma, Jean, had been feeling pretty ill for the last few months. And she was just admitted into the hospital to to get some tests done and, and to, frankly, just figure out what was going on. And while she was there, completely unexpectedly, she had a major stroke. She came close to dying, followed up by, by several other medical complications, and ultimately found herself attached to a respirator and bedbound. For the next six years, it was a roller coaster ride for my grandma, going in and out and in and out and back in again to, to intensive care units, rehab units, and home care settings. And throughout that time, my mom spent countless hours with my grandma, caring for her, spending time with her, working with doctors and nurses, advocating for her, and spending many a sleepless night on that recliner by her hospital bed. Anyone who's taking care of a sick loved one knows that the word exhausting is still a bit of an understatement. From a worldly perspective, nobody would have blamed my mom if she had simply taken a back seat and become less involved. From a worldly perspective, nobody would have blamed her if she had just kept at a safe distance of responsibility, maybe limiting her interaction to a quick phone call or maybe a short visit once or twice a month. And in a free country, it would have been completely permittable for her to just wash her hands of any responsibility whatsoever. But that's not what she did. She used her freedom to to serve her mother in love. She used her freedom to serve her mother in love. Unfortunately, this story is, is not a fairy tale with a happy ending where, where grandma gets better and everything goes back to the way it was. That's not what happened. Six years after that initial hospital visit, my grandma died. Our world might look at that story. Our world might look at that story and say, what a waste. What a complete infringement on her personal rights and freedom. Here you have someone who gave up their time, gave up their energy, gave up their resources, gave up their life. And what did it get them? Honestly, not much. And just to put icing on the cake, grandma doesn't even get better in the end. She dies. But what our world looks at and what our world calls and what our world sees as an infringement on my personal rights, Paul calls serving one another in love. 
What our world looks at and what our world calls foolishness, Paul calls walking in step with the Spirit. And what our world looks at and what our world calls slavishly serving to someone else who's not me, Paul calls freedom. Paul calls this true freedom. You see, in this story, we get a glimpse of the freedom that Paul is getting at here. We get a glimpse of the church being the church, of the people of God being the people of God, set free by Christ, using their freedom to serve one another in love. Not because they're trying to earn something, not because they're trying to win brownie points with God, but serving one another in love because of who they already are in Jesus. Serving one another in love because of who they already are in Jesus. For freedom, Christ has set us free. It's not a freedom to just do what we want and to have a good time. It's not freedom to to, to return to sin or the slavery that we had once known. No. It's freedom to live as God intended us to live. Freedom to walk in step with the Spirit. Freedom to serve one another in love because of who we already are in Jesus. We serve one another in love because of who we already are in Jesus, who Christ has already made us. This is true freedom. This is true freedom. In the name of Jesus who sets you free to serve one another in love. Amen.